I'm Tass Mellis of The Starters. This is Ben Golver with the Open Floor Podcast. Hi, I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff. I'm OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors. Hey, I'm Elena Donon, and welcome to the Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, basketball fans, non-binary basketball fans of all ages, races, sexes, genders, and all that jazz, welcome to Double Clutch with me, Hugh Hopkins. And this week, uh, we will be doing a BBL special. That's a British Basketball League for for some of those international fans that that might be tuning in this week. Um, we're going to be focusing on our homegrown products because, you know, we've got to look after our guys. We've got to look and, and, and girls as well. So we're going to be focusing on uh, the, the the men's British Basketball League and the women's British Basketball League. And here to do that with us is the head of comms, the, the lady in charge of everything that you see coming out of the BBL. And that is Selena Conroy. Hello, Selena. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm I'm fantastic. I'm so pleased that you're able to join us. Um, yeah, it feels like we've been chatting for a long time now, and uh, you know, kicking back ideas back and forth, and um, you, we've published a few things together. But it's it's great to finally get you on Double Clutch Podcast, um, to so the whole world can can learn about about you and your pub quiz stylings, um, and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. How how are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. We're in the the, the throes of uh, pre-season prep at the moment. So um, this is bizarrely one of the busiest times of, well, it's not bizarre at all. It's one of the busy times of year for us. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all, it's all go at the moment. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. The, when everybody else sort of stops for, you know, everyone, all the viewers think um, these basketball leagues stop during the off season. It's, it's completely the opposite for the people who are actually in there running the show. You know, it's, a, you, yeah, it might all be calm on the water, but you, you know, you, you, your legs are like duck's legs going on underneath trying to keep everything afloat and keep everything going. Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, we do get time off. Don't 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 get me wrong. They do allow us out. Um, <laughs> but there's a yeah, it's a lot of planning, uh, um, a, a lot of prepping. You know, sort of reviewing what what happened the year before as well. And obviously, last season was a an exceptional one for many reasons. Um, so yeah, just a lot of a lot of reviewing, a lot of planning, a lot of prepping. Um, the all the all the behind the scenes bit that people don't necessarily think about, but it has um, to happen. <laughs> well, we're going to get into all of that um, in in the next uh, hour or so. Um, and I'm sure we, we're going to have a couple of uh, questions in from our chat as well. Uh, but we've got to say a big hello to our producer, uh, the man running the scenes um, just behind uh, everything that uh, is going on at the moment, the man in charge of the screen. Uh, say hello, Kirk. Hello. <laughs> Short and sweet this time. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. Um, so yeah, it's uh, so we're gonna jump into um, around the association. It's gonna be a little bit of a different around the association because um, it's gonna be less NBA and WNBA this week. But but let's do it. Let's let's drop that intro, Kirk. <laughs> Uh, 
this is around the association. And as I said, around the association this week is, is going to be completely off piece. We're going to ignore the the WNBA, even though that's still ticking along at the moment. And we're going to um, and the fact that the WNBA has just dropped the, the the 25 best players to celebrate its 25th season. We're not even going to mention that, even though I've already mentioned it. Um, what we are going to do is look at the fact that the BBL is now we're now in the month of September and the BBL and the WBBL is essentially about three weeks away from tipping off. Um, the We're going to see um, both leagues uh, have their first games on the 24th and the 25th of September uh, to start their cup campaigns. And it's going to be a, a pretty exciting season because, of course, we haven't had fans in um, for quite a long time now, for an, for an entire season last year and the season before that got cut short slightly. So we're going to be, uh, yeah, we're going to be sort of getting fans back in arenas and um, we're going to be starting with several new teams in both leagues which is kind of exciting um, and we're going to see some returning teams for some leagues and uh, I'm honestly I'm really pumped for this because we've also got uh, the London sides the London Lions in both men's and women's they are going uh, to, to Europe um, they've had a couple of warm-up games in the past couple of days now and we're going to get into all of that, but um, we've seen some revamped rosters because of this. So I'm really excited to sort of do a bit of a season preview. Um, it's not going to be a, a whole one because uh, we we are going to um, do, I think, a bit more coverage of the BBL on Double Clutch in the next few weeks um, to go more in depth. But what we are going to do is get a bit of a teaser today um, and we're going to jump straight into the zone with Selena Conroy. So bring us back into the main screen, if you will, uh, Kirk. So thank you for that. But before we get too much into basketball, um, some people, I mean, you know, if they are BBL fans, um, they they probably will be aware of you and your name and and the fact that you've been on the BBL show podcast and that sort of things. Um, but for those, you know, we've got quite a few people, people who are fans of Double Clutch and read Double Clutch who are more, um, you, you know, NBA fans and WNBA fans, and they they haven't focused as much on the on the British basketball product. So um before we get into the basketball bit, who are you? Who's who's Hi. Selena who's Selena Conroy? Tell us all tell us all about you and how did you get into uh in, into being the queen of comms at the at the BBL? Um so I um I I've been doing this kind of thing for many, many years. I uh, I actually trained as a journalist way, way back in the day, um, and moved into doing sort of comms and, and marketing, as as tends to happen when newsrooms get rid of all their staff. Um, <laughs> but um, so I I specialised in working in uh, digital mainly for for the past. Uh, 10 years or so and um i was actually working for a, a, a digital agency and i was looking after um luxury travel clients art clients Very nice. um, so you know quite nice and and, and, and you gave all that up to join british and basketball. Then I gave all that up to <laughs> To leave British basketball, but the thing was, um, in one of my previous lives, when I I was working at a, uh, at a company um, that's involved with um, with the Leicester Riders, and I took my kids along, and I I'd been a massive NBA fan back in the nineties, like when 
anyone who was a teenager in the 90s was, a, <laughs> was an NBA fan. Like if you if you sat on the alternative side of the of the classroom, which I did, then you were an NBA fan, right? Um, so, but as sort of like the, the coverage over here died a bit, so you know, kind of drifted away from it. And then, as I say, sort of like came back to it through the, through the job I had. Took my kids along to a couple of games. They really loved it, and I was like, actually, this is this is a really great thing that not why don't more people know about it? And then I saw the the job, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could be that person. <laughs> I could be that person to tell people about it. So, um, yeah. And then eighteen months later, here I am. <laughs> so. <laughs> so- so when you when you started then, because um, I remember speaking to you when you first started and actually it was really exciting. You know, I think it was like, you know, the, the start of a new calendar year. It was, it was like, oh, this is amazing. We've got this brand new comms expert, which I think we hadn't had for a little while. You know, there, there have been certainly a few months between people and not just that, you know, I think the British basket, not trying to dismiss the good work the people did before you, but I think people were a bit worried that, you know, British basketball wasn't doing as much as it could have done, um, you know, and to, to market itself. So I thought, well, this is, this is fantastic. We've got this comms expert coming in. Um, and then, and then the, the world stopped. Uh, you didn't even have time to get your feet under the desk, really, did you? I had I had six weeks. I think it was about six weeks of normal time. So obviously I was still, uh, you know, I couldn't even find my feet because it was, <laughs> we were building up for um, the trophy final. Um, so I sort of like, I, I joined at the start of February last year. And so, yeah, so everything was gearing up to the, towards the trophy final and then this this rumbling of of sort of pandemic building in the background and that that trophy final weekend I think we were the last uh, or one of the last indoor events to take place um and it, yeah we, we we got through it um <laughs> and yes and so I I, I've never had what anyone could consider a normal season no. um, because obviously last year, well, first of all, we didn't know if we were going to have a season uh, for quite a while. Um, we, we, we managed it. I mean, one of, one of the nice things about it was that it gave me, um, and at that start when, when we started talking is that, that sort of that summer period where I could just go and talk to people um find out uh as as much as I could from the people involved about you know what what made them take what did they want to see what you know what drove them to it and what I found was like one of the warmest nicest communities ever like it it it, it, it was it was really incredible how welcoming everyone was um and yeah it's 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 if I if I stop to think about it, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really sweet to hear. Because like I think, um, I mean, I think in many respects, the you are right. The the British basketball community, I think it's a lot like when everyone thinks of a basketball community, especially on Twitter or on social media, they immediately think of the NBA, uh, the the MNBA, which is obviously understandable because that's the biggest league in the world. Yeah, but I think what people 
in these sort of more niche communities. So I see it in the WNBA, which is, you know, a bit of a smaller fraction than, than the MNBA. Um, and of course, when, you know, you bring it over here, that's an even smaller, you know, it's, it's an even smaller pond as it were. So actually you do, you can get to know everyone in it pretty, pretty quickly. Um, there is, you know, obviously, you know, there's a bit of a, Bit of a difference in the in the sort of quality of the product compared to the MNBA and the and the WNBA, um, but I think there is a lot of like you said, there's a lot of warmth. That being said, there's also these um, historical uh, rivalries issues oh, um, yeah. oh, where yeah. you know you you get the. The, your basketball Englands and your basketball Wales and your basketball Scotlands and and also you know British basketball um, or GB basketball as it's known now and 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 of course you all, that's not even mentioning like the N, NBL and all that sort of stuff and then they all sort of clash heads and you never really know who's right and who's wrong and uh, you know you get people saying well I'm going to start up a new league because all it, all of this is is you know, it's all silly stuff. So I want to start a, start afresh, but then that never gets off the ground. We've seen this time and time again. And I think last year, there was a lot of feeling during that pandemic period where it was like, okay, so can, can all of this reset a little bit? Can we sort of, you know, like you said, can, can you go out and meet people and can you listen to the audience and stuff? And when you were talking to people, what did you find that people wanted from British basketball? I, I, do you know what? I think you've kind of hit it. They want that cohesion, um, you know, sort of th- throughout the, 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 the various organizations and, you know, it's, I, I don't think I'd be out of turn to say that it's it's something that we can definitely um, we can definitely work on. I think it's the uh, sort of a, a, a grassroots level. Everybody is working towards a, a common goal. Um, you know, we want we want more kids to play basketball. We want people to enjoy it. We want uh, we want it to be a a, a more uh, well-known sport here um, and not just a sport like a, a an activity a community a, a, it's that whole thing um, so yeah I think there's a lot of frustration um, at how things are, are organised and a lot of that is is legacy stuff that would take an awful amount of unpicking um, but I think there's there is a general a, a general will to to sort of really really sort of push forward as as, as much as we can um, and together not uh, not each of doing our own various things. So. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Uh, having worked in um, in sort of not not dissimilar roles to, to not, not necessarily the same role to yourself, but in, in, in other niche industries, um, you know, building those bridges with rival organizations. And I, I mean, are they even rivals? No, they're not really because nobody else is a franchise based system like the BBL is. So if you are listening and you don't fully understand what the BBL is or the WBBL, um, it's, it's a private, um, organization of several companies 
which are the teams. So you own a team and you sort of buy into this uh, this overall organization, the British Basketball League or the Women's British Basketball League. Um, I think in both leagues, you pay a sort of franchisee tag, but I'm not sure how how different that is within the women's basketball league because it's you know it's not as big it's not as um you, you know I, I don't think i i'm going off the top of my head now this is pure speculation so feel free to disagree or yeah. or, or, or not agree if i'm or, or just say no comment if i'm not allowed to know these things but um i you know there's because it's a much smaller audience publicly um i, I don't think you need to have uh the same level of detail in terms of your business plan um to think long term like you do for the men's british basketball league because there's a bit more money in it uh which isn't right necessarily but unfortunately we need to build our audience a bit more on the women's side um but i think we've seen some teams sort of rise and fall with that franchisee system um you know and this year we've seen it on we've seen it on the men's side and the women's side so when everything shut down last year um i think it was the on the women's side i think it was the sheffield hatters that stepped away for a season yeah. uh there was there was lots of public funding um attempts and campaigns and a lot of teams did this actually especially on the women's side because like i said they don't have the uh private or sponsorship backing like the men do um and we actually saw for completely different reasons the plymouth raiders which i i am particularly sad about this because i went to marjon university which was a sponsor of the plymouth raiders um and i grew up sort of watching them and but for several reasons i had sort of emotional attachment to them um they couldn't agree terms with their with um the plymouth pavilions which is the site that hosted them um and sort of 11th hour um one of the previous sponsors of the Plymouth Raiders essentially said well Carl Heslop Carl Heslop yeah. thank you uh, essentially stepped in last minute and said well I, I still want there to be basketball in Plymouth um not really sure how how it all worked out um I'll hopefully I'll get a chance to speak to Carl in the not too distant future and I'll be able to share some of that information with Double Clutch but um essentially they've uh, secured a, I think a one year deal with the Plymouth Pavilions to keep basketball there and then they're going to search for other options um so there has been some People coming in and people going out on the on the women's side. We've got the Gloucester Queens starting this season, um, and then hopefully the Gloucester Kings. Uh, their their men's side is going to start next year or in the next few years. Um, so how do you then, as the person in charge of all all the comms and marketing it, you know, if if teams are folding, if teams are moving, if teams are changing, how do you how do you sort of keep that interaction with these communities and with with you know the cities that they are based in but also a more national audience who don't understand the ins and outs of why one team is there one year and not there the next year so it was it was interesting with with Plymouth because their fan base is uh, the the basketball fan base in Plymouth is one of the most dedicated uh, in the league, I no question, no question. They, I was, um, I, I was pleasantly surprised by how 
by by how passionate they were. And so when obviously the the the, the previous owners of, of the Queen's Razors franchise uh, said that they couldn't continue, and you know there were lots lots of talks going on to. Um, bringing new owners for, for the franchise, which uh, luckily we, we managed to do with, with Carl. Um, transferring them to a new team is, it, it's, in one way it is a challenge because obviously they're really hurt because the, mm-hmm. the team that they knew has gone. Um, and it's been replaced. So, like a new name, new branding. It'd be like if um, you know someone came in and bought, you know, you know the owners of Man United or whatever decided that they were going to pull out, and someone came in new and bought them and decided they were going to call them, you know, something well, else. But I, I can't it, remember it's the, that kind of. I can't remember. I mean, I'm not a big football person, but there there was a team. Was it the Milton Keynes? Dons or something like that ended up moving from another place because private owners just moved. Yeah, so so it so that was really interesting. So the MK Dons were Wimbledon, uh, yeah, so the Wimbledon football team, and um, moved moved to Milton Keynes, and so there was actually a new club for Wimbledon that came up in their place. Um, So to kind of because everyone was like, you can't just move a team. Um, and in in the sort of sense of people in Plymouth being so passionate about basketball, they've and to be to be fair to the the organisation, you know, they've kept um, they've they've tried to keep it as seamless as possible. There yeah. there had to be a change of brand. That that was just a thing that had to happen. But in terms of you know having uh, Coach James still there. Um, obviously, some of the players that they've announced are, you know, familiar faces at, at the heart of it. The 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 ethos and everything is still uh, is still there and still the same. So I think once people start start getting used to it, and then they can actually go this year as well and yeah. experience game yeah. day and and having that as well will, will will make a difference. In terms of like a national level, where people don't necessarily understand in a way. It, I probably shouldn't say this is a common person, but in a way it was kind of good because it, 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 things like that, are, um, they're, they're always difficult. It doesn't matter what sport you're in. Any, anything like that is is difficult, but it means that it's this season where we're, uh, we're hopefully able to, to reach uh, newer audiences that there won't be that, that confusion for them. But Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, and I, and I, to be fair, I think uh, the team at the Patriots from their social media, I think they've done a pretty good job at sort of putting themselves out there. Um, you know, the branding, I think, looks absolutely fantastic. You know, being, like you said, the Raiders fans, they're very uh, passionate. Um, and a big part of me is uh, is going to miss the Fox running running around on, on the on the side of the court, but you know, the, it looks, it looks great. Um, I love the colors. I love the, uh, the logo. Um, and it's a cool name as well. You know, the, I think Patriots is, you, you know, you think of new England Patriots, you think of, um, you, you think of excellence in, in mm. the sport. So it's, it's good to see. Um, so when, 
For the league more generally, then I'm going to sort of tie this into um, one of our regular listeners, um, Matt Hardy, who runs UK Nets fans. Um, he's a, a big NBA fan and a WNBA fan, to be fair. Um, uh, but he's uh, submitted a lot of questions because he's looking for a BBL team and a WBBL team to get behind um, in the next in the next few years. You know, he's sort of uh, slightly newer to um, to following British basketball. Um, mm-hmm. And he was wondering sort of like what um, is the, I'm, I'm sure this is something that you've received a lot, especially in, you know, <laughs> it's going to be difficult for you to answer because it's only been 18 months, but you've got, is there much chance of a sort of weekly uh, televisual production um, in terms of like a match of the day type of thing. So it's more of a, now part of me thinks this would be a terrible idea in the modern, in the modern age, because who, who's, what new fan is going to sit down in front of a TV for an hour and watch things that have happened, already happened throughout the week. And, um, you know, this modern day, we, we just want, you know, oh, th- th- this is what happened. 10 minutes ago in the game that you could be watching right now. Oh, this is what happened last night while you, while you were asleep. You know, that that's the type of mentality that we have today. So I'm not sure necessarily a match of the day type of show would work, but that being said, you have had some, uh, you've had some pretty good success working with buzz, um, and working with sky sports producing television content. So is there much room for that where people can, tune into the storylines and learn a bit more on social media, on video, on television in some there's, way? There's, there's certainly the ambition for, uh, for for television. I can't speak too much to that at the moment. Um, but certainly um, you'll, you'll hopefully see. So my plan for this season is to tell those stories more. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, last season was a little more difficult, but the stories are are there. Like there's, there are club rivalries, there's player rivalries. Mm-hmm. You know, there's players that get on really well. There's ones that you know are always going to be up for a little bit of a rumble. There's, there's, there's all kinds of you know everyone. People are fighting for playoff positions. Um, you know, we've got the cup and the trophy to to go for as well as well as the championship. So there's four opportunities for for honors. So there's four different storylines going on that come into one big storyline. Who's going to be the the overall one? So like last year, obviously everyone was really hyped for. Um, London Lions because you know they they had all these big names and and everything and you know for 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 various reasons that their, their season just didn't quite land the way that uh, that, that that everyone thought that it might at, at the beginning and I think that's what makes it exciting like last season was one of the most uh, was so competitive yeah like, you couldn't necessarily tell who was going to win. A game, like, mm. it, it, it was one of those seasons. I think this season will will see a continuation of that, especially looking at, at how some of the rosters are, are, are stacking up. And it's like, okay, okay, I can see where where, where this is all coming in. Um, so yes, I, I want to tell those stories, and hopefully, you will see more of it uh, coming coming out through through the season. Obviously, I'm gonna. Um, 
I hype the BBL show because it, it is our it is our podcast and Drew and uh, Jay will do a good job of of having that little roundup. Um, is is Jay allowed to do it this year? He is. He is because so, um, it's very rare you... that we do WBBL. <laughs> so. Yeah, to be fair, just, just for the people who are listening who might not know, so Jay Marriott um, is. Uh, He's the general manager of the Gloucester City Queens and soon to be the Gloucester Gloucester City Kings, um, who are hopefully joining the BBL in the next few years. Um, And he's taken on coaching duties this year for the Gloucester City Queens. Uh, And yeah, last year he presented the BBL show. Um, so I guess, yeah, that's why I'm asking the question if he's allowed to be on the show. I mean, because, uh, we, I mean, we had Drew Latiker as well, who was a, a player of course, last year. So, I mean, retired this year, so a bit, bit more of a bit more of a view. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're committed to being committed to being impartial. So, um, so yeah, they, they do a, a, a really good roundup, but it's interesting actually that you say, you know, with the match of the day style show, I would love something like that. Like that is absolutely on my, on my uh, roadmap of things that I want to see happen because it's all very well watching little clips here and there, but if you don't have a context around mm. it, you don't know what you're watching. Like it's like, okay, cool. That's great dunk or whatever, you know, but if there's no context around it, you can't become invested. And I think that, you know, we're we're sort of trapped between a really quick fix culture and a long read culture. There's no, there's no kind of middle ground, which is actually where most, uh, most of the time you get, you get drawn into things. Um, you know, I, I can quite happily sit down and watch like watch match of the day, for example, and not necessarily have watched any of the games that have happened that weekend. I, I might know the scores, but I want to have that context around it as well. You know, I want to hear uh, what what the pundits are saying. I want to hear what the build up was. You know, it, that's what gives it um, meaning rather than just a thirty second clip that you saw on Twitter. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, so not to be dismissive of of Matt's idea of of a match of the day program. Um, uh, you know, I think it is important to to be able to sit down and you know contextualize what's going on in the in the league in in both leagues. Um, yeah, I guess it's just there's there's also some wider things to consider with uh, the the British Basketball League and the Women's British Basketball League. Um, at the moment, you've got the BBL player, which I think, you know, it's um, it had a mixed launch, a mixed review in terms of its launch, because people were confused as to why they could only watch one team um, for for, for oh, a, we got it wrong. We, they, got, we got it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we, we absolutely did. Um, we, we, we got it wrong. Um and so that that was obviously something that we wanted to sort out very quickly, which yeah. I we did. But yeah, we got we got it wrong to start. <laughs> no, no, I mean it's 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 difficult to launch these type of things. I, I you know I I remember having a having a conversation with you at the time, and we 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 spoke about 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 this and about how you know it could be improved and why um it 
isn't uh, not you know not that I'm saying you took on my advice. I, I, I you probably thought all these things before. I, I sort of shared my personal feelings about it, but um, yeah, it seems like uh, hopefully that's sort of um, working itself out. It was a brand new product. It's going to take time to to figure these things out. Um, but also, you could see some of them some of the games on Sky um, and. It, it seems like at times some teams were putting them on YouTube as well. Um, certainly, and in terms of the women's basketball league, I know we you mainly do uh, men's British basketball league, but you know you do have sort of oversight and feed into how the WBBL is promoted as well. You know, it seems like each team is in charge of its own streaming. Um, there's no sort of central point for for that. So for the women's game, are there any sort of, you know, I, I know that your role is primarily, I don't know if you want to give a percentage, I'm going to throw out a percentage saying 75% British men's British basketball league, but it might be completely different in your mind. Um, but what can we do then to align more of what the WBBL is doing day to day and week to week it's it, it, it it's really hard because the um the, so the setup of the WBBL is is slightly different to the the setup of the men's BBL um so it because it, it, it works in that slightly different way it brings its own of, of different uh, challenges and opportunities as well. Um, so at the moment, uh, it's a case that each of the clubs are responsible for their own streaming. Now, I'm, you know, we, we we can provide some support for them, not not too much, um, but but there's some sort of support there in terms of sort of like giving a, a, advice or, or whatever. But there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing centrally at the moment um the obviously with with sky um we broadcast the the, the finals so the wbbl finals alongside the men's finals as well which was um, a really good shout i think it it not only helped you know share share and grow the game but but actually i think i mean the, the in 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 my opinion, um, I felt the the women's British Basketball League playoffs last year was was probably more exciting than the men's. Not to do a disservice to the men's, but the women's was crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, look, like you had Newcastle like coming in and eating everyone, and like which no one was expecting, yeah. and and so the the the, the journey there was very obviously just fell at the at the last hurdle but you know in what sport you're going to have the men's and women's teams of both <laughs> you know both, both both like competing in the playoff finals it it was crazy like yeah and if you'd said to anyone at the start of the season that that's what would happen they'd have laughed at you because <laughs> what a nonsense. So I think it's uh, the, the, the women's game for me is so exciting. And so, um, so there's, there's so much uh, potential for growth there that I, I, I get really excited about <laughs> it. And, you know, I see what like the WNBA are doing and, I, I think people need to remember as well that obviously it's been 25 years of the 
of the WNBA. We're only in yeah, seven, eight, seven, eight, yeah, of, yeah, of the WBBL. So we've we've got some way to go, and it's only in the past couple of years that the WNBA have been doing what they've been doing. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it 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 does take that time to to reach these kinds of levels. You know, there's no. I, I, I've said it a lot in a lot of my conversations where people have been like, oh, we need to do this. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but it doesn't get fixed overnight. No. It, it, it just no. doesn't. It's a, it's a long game process and one that there's so many people committed to and working for in the background. So, I think, yeah, I, I'm, I think the, I think the WBBL is, it had, I think both leagues, to be fair, it's there's a lot of players who can't make it into the MNBA and the WNBA. You know, there's only there's only 450 or 500 spots in the MNBA, and then in the WNBA, you know, there's there's 144 spots. Um, a lot of those men and women, but especially the women, because the men get paid ridiculous amounts of money. A lot of them. American women come over to Europe to earn money during the our, our normal season because mm. the WNBA plays in the summer. I think it's such a huge opportunity if we can get the women's teams to stump up some money, you know, to play in an English speaking country um, for a lot of these Americans who don't necessarily speak, you know, Russian or Slovenian or wherever they're going to earn decent money you know, we're not going to be able to offer them the types of contracts that they'll learn in Russia. But, you know, you there are huge opportunities for people who want to be a little bit more comfortable um, than they might if they were just living by themselves in a country where they don't speak the native language. Um, so I think there is a huge opportunity for the WBBL especially um, because, you know, I think that there are so many Americans that want to come over. Um, but of course, in the men's BBL and the women's BBL, you you have a sort of league rule of how many foreign-born players you can have. Um, so that makes it a little bit more difficult to, I mean, God knows how the, how the London Lions have done it the past few years, but they've managed to get some of the, you know, some of the best Americans, um, you know, the fact that we had, uh, Deon, um, Liggins, um, DeAndre Liggins. Yeah. yeah. Um, the fact that you had him over and several other, and Byron Mullins at one point, mm-hmm. um, and several other, um, uh, Americans and, and great Europeans and, and homegrown talent as well. You know, they, they put a great roster together and competed in Europe, but, um, what, so how, how many, how many foreign born players are, are British basketball teams allowed? Oh God, you're testing the knowledge of something. <laughs> I believe it's five. Okay. I think. I, that's, that's my fault. I should have done my homework on that just to, just to check beforehand. Um, but the, but yeah, I mean, there, there is, there is a limit to it, but I think one thing we've seen in recent years is seeing the types of players, uh, you know, like Ashley Hamilton down in Plymouth last last year. Um, you know, we've seen GB basketball 
players coming back to the British basketball leagues respectively. Mm. So I think we we are seeing that there is interest from the top British players to grow the professional leagues at home as well. Um, what incentives can we do to sort of make sure that the best British basketball players are interested in, in playing in this country? I, I, I think it's, and this is a, this is a question that sort of keep being asked. I think it's, it's providing them with, um, providing them with the opportunity. So, um, you know, a lot of the reason well, part of the reason kids will go off to America is, you know, you get you get your college education as well. So, um, I know a lot of our clubs offer um, have ties with with various universities and offer that kind of player pathway there, where they, you know, if they've got a sort of academy set up, you can go right through, um, and it's building that kind of um, infrastructure. Yeah. To, to to give those opportunities. So, you know, if you've got a kid who's 16, 17, he's not really sure, you know, he wants to play, he doesn't necessarily want to move to America, but, you know, he could, but actually he's being offered the chance to, you know, study here and have that all taken care of. And as well, sort of like giving them a, 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 a decent league to play in, that's, that that's that, that's the bottom bottom line of it, and I think the you know I, I've I've watched back on on previous seasons and, and games and stuff. And I think if you look at the quality of play, the quality of um, venues has improved. Again, mm. it's it's slowly, but it's happening. Yeah. Um, it, it's building that that infrastructure to to sort of say look. Yeah, you could go to America, but chances are you're going to end up bouncing back over here at some point. So why not build your career here and be that star here? Um, and I think that's part of it as well. We've not built any stars. Um, so, you know, we've got, we've got great players, fantastic players in, in, in the GB uh, squads, men, men's and women's, but they're not stars because we've not we've not built them yeah to, to be and again that's part of <laughs> part of why I'm here I think just to <laughs> to sort of start that start that cycle and start that journey and and show kids that if that's the if that's what they want if that you know if it, if it is all of that you know so fame razzmatazz and everything that they want why not give it to them here I mean we had Last year, I mean, it's a very specific case. Not everybody is going to do this, but like uh, Cameron Hildreth, uh, son of Danny Hildreth, who's, you know, a former BBL player, uh, you know, he's 17, 18, you know, and he's going yeah, away now to, you know, he's incredible basketball player and, um, you know, Stefton was playing uh, – <laughs> And National Basketball League and essentially stepped over to play with Surrey Scorchers, I think it was. And, yeah. um, you know, but he he had already sort of decided he was going away. He got recruited to Wake Forest, um, you know, and one of the best basketball colleges in the States. There are going to be players that you are going to lose, but there's that yeah. 
I think there's that middle tier, like we, like you were saying, that you can build into homegrown stars. Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing as well. I think it's about being um, not losing your dream, but being realistic about your dream. And it's very easy for me to say this now when I'm like way out of my teenage years and, you know, I thought I could conquer the world and, and everything. But I think as well, it's it's having uh, it's it's the infrastructure. It's having people around who are like, OK, you're good. Like, yeah. you know, you can, you can make the national team, you can you can make a team, but realistically, you're not going to make it in the NBA. And I, and I think that's got to be something that's, so you have to be really careful with these things. Cause obviously, as I say, you don't want to, you don't want to crush these kids. No, <laughs> it's like, okay, you're yeah. great, but actually you're not very great. But no, it's, it's about, it's about offering, um, we, realistic dreams it makes me sound so horrible <laughs> but I, I think it's I think it's you know I, I've done it with my own kids like my 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 daughter um started swimming after watching the 2012 Olympics and we we worked out that like the 2020 Olympics would be the first ones that she could possibly compete in she wasn't good enough like she worked hard she did you know she did it all but she's transitioned now into being a swim teacher so she's doing all of her swim teaching qualifications and you know she's going to study sports coaching and and everything so it's about um you know she never lost the the dream of wanting to to swim at the olympics like she got to swim in the olympic pool in london which was you know (laughs) good good enough for a bit now it's like oh she can be there in a different way and i think it's the same with um with with kids in in any sport it's you've got to encourage them but you also have to have people around who know when the right time is to say actually this if you want to carry on doing this if you want to do this as a job and it is a job i think um uh Joe, Joe O'Kimlin was on uh, yeah. on the Hoots Face podcast and he said this, it's like, it's a choice that you yeah. make. Um, and he was so, he was so right with that. Like it is a choice that you make. And if you, if you want to make that choice, then there comes a point where you have to be realistic about where that choice is. So Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. If you haven't listened to um, the Hoops Fix podcast with with Joey Kinwin, um, I mean, always listen to Hoops Fix podcast because uh, if you are into your British basketball or you want to learn more about British basketball, there is no no place better. And I'm saying that as someone uh, who writes for Double Clutch, um, and <laughs> but he he is British basketball through and through. Um, Okay, so gonna dive into a couple of more quickfire about the league, about mm-hmm. uh, players. Um, the women's London Lions. Ooh. Oh boy! Oi! <laughs> what a roster! Um, oh my goodness! So I don't know where you stand on this because, of course, London Lions—they've they've had new ownership in the past few years. They've, um, uh, and I believe they've. I mean, you're possibly, maybe I'm not allowed to ask you this on such a public setting, but um, the owners of the London Lions are interested in owning more of the league. 
in some way, shape or form. But is that something we're not allowed to talk about or is that just rumours that we're going to say at the moment? There's so many rumours in British basketball. I couldn't okay. comment on all of them. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll leave that there. Um, so... Uh, the yeah the the owners of the London Lions they are they see London they see British basketball as this huge opportunity like we've been talking about the whole time so it's great to see this injection of cash mm-hmm. um, they've gone out they've got Joey Leadham Warner who is the British basketball greatest of all time um, I have queen. I have her jersey queen. hanging just behind me there um, she is. She is the best player ever um, on the on on the women's side, but they've also um, added. Uh, um, oh God, my brain's Holly Winterburn. Now. Holly Winterburn from Leicester, um, and is Azania going down as well? I think so. Um, I think yeah, I think she's going down as well, um, and that's already adding to a, an, an already great roster. Um, so, what's how do you cover that? Because of course they're going to be playing in the in the in the WBBL and on the men's side they're going to be playing in the you know they they they're putting the same injection of cash into the men's side as well. But they're going away to Europe. How how the hell does the BBL and the WBBL cover that? Because it's not your league, but it's your team. It's it's not, and I think the view that we take for for both of them is that we're. We're, we're really supportive of them. I, it's not a usual thing for a, a British team to go and play in Europe um, for all kinds of reasons. Um, so I think it's, it, it's one of those where you kind of, um, you know, if you support another team, then, you know, you, you, you want to wish them well. Like you want to see a British team do well because if a British team does well, then it opens up the door you know, for more British teams to go and, and, and do as well. Um, so I think that it, it almost, because we don't do it that often, it almost becomes like a... Um, I keep bringing it back to football, sorry, but that's, that's the sport that I know, I know best. But it becomes that kind of thing where you support your national team. So in a way, them going out into Europe is almost like being our, our mm. that, that kind of equivalent. And I think, you know, we, we all want to see them do well. Um, you know, as I say, to sort of like open that door to show, you know, the teams back home that it can be done. Um, and also as, a, as an advert for what we've got here, like, mm. you know, we've got a league that, that, that have these teams and that can go and, and do great things. So, so I, I spoke to Vince McCauley last year, and this was around the time when uh, his his men's team was going out to Europe to play in their games. Um, and f- in fact, I think they might have just got back from it. Um, and he was saying that, you know, personally, he wants more British mm-hmm. basketball league teams to be playing in Europe. Um, you sit, you know, in these meetings with all the directors and you know you you have conversations with all these different teams what what appetite is there for other teams to go out and how 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 ambitious are they to do so i mean the 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 what i guess you'd term the usual suspects are ambitious for it so leslie newcastle um are certainly 
uh, a, a South Union Air Force. I think with the others, it's a case of that there's still a, an emphasis on getting everything settled and right at home first. Because um, mm-hmm. going to Europe is it's it's a huge expense. It's um, you know logistically, it's it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, especially at the moment. Yeah. Um, so the, the 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 ambition is definitely there um, from the teams you would expect it to be. Uh, therefore, um, and with the others, it's it's a longer term ambition. Okay. Um, I think you know there's there's certainly some some cases where some teams are better placed than others. To, to be thinking of that at this stage um, and others are like well we want to be in that position to be able to think about it so that's what they're working uh, working towards so is there a sense that if there's more let's say we're three four years down the line and we've got Leicester we've got Newcastle hell we might even have Plymouth Maybe Gloucester, you know, I, th- I see that as more of a long-term project. The Gloucester team, they, you know, everything I've listened to Jay say about about the development, it's they're not rushing into anything. No. But um, let's say you've got four teams out of the 10 or maybe 11 that we'll have in a, in a few years' time um, that are playing in Europe. Does the conversation and the promotion of that change like, uh, do, do do we need to start making making that more of the coverage, um, so we can sort of say this is where you need to be, you know, sort of almost almost like from a comms perspective, put pressure on those teams to say, hey, you know, you should be shooting for more. You should be trying to raise the, your game. Yeah, I I think there's a there's a there's a balance to to be had, and you know, if we're you know, if we're talking sort of like longer, longer down the line, and hopefully, you know, we've got more t- more teams in the BBL anyway, and so it becomes a, uh, you know, less uh, less emphasis on on these teams that that are in Europe. I think, you know, because Europe is still such a a new concept for us, really, mm-hmm. in terms of of having teams playing. You know. Um, at this stage it's like okay yeah this is this is exciting and we'll, we'll see what happens and the more the more success they have the more we, we'll talk about it so it, it is that you're right it does kind of feed each feed that that cycle there and it would be a case that you know if we have more teams uh competing in europe then yes we would do more more coverage on it because again you want that context you want to know who are they playing you know who are who are their star players so there's a lot that a lot that feeds into it so okay okay so we've we're nearly coming up to the fall hour so i i don't I, i'm conscious that you know you've got your kids you've got your you've got your your other duties that you need to do and this is very much out of hours and we do appreciate you taking the time no it's absolutely fine so i want to hit a couple of quick fires before okay. we go um some things you can say give me an answer some things you can say yes or no some things you can say no comment i'll appreciate that um touching wbbl first Last year, 
Seven Seven Oaks Suns won the championship. Lions won the playoffs. Lions won the trophy, and Leicester Riders won the cup. Any of those repeating? What do you see this year? Do you see it as a clean sweep from the, that London team, or are you thinking that? I mean, Newcastle have re-upped a few players. You know, there's um, there, there's always going to be uh, you know riders, even though they've lost they've lost a lot of players. Who do you see on the WBBL side of things having success next year? I think um, there's going to be some battles. There are absolutely going to be some battles. I mean, you can never you can never rule out uh, seven eights at, at all. Um, that London team, though, it is so stacked. Stacked. Like I was just, like looking at it, and I'm like even looking at like the players that they brought back from last year. So um, Kennedy Leonard. It's it's all uh, the best players that they've brought back. <laughs> they brought yeah. back all the best ones. You know, just like um, you know, Shanice uh, back from Northern. I think yeah, all of them as well. And they, I I loved watching them play last year. I didn't, really didn't Shanice did. just play GB basketball for the three on three? Yeah, you know, they, these are all elite players I yeah yeah I mean but then you know I'm looking around and you know you know I was you know Gloucester have recruited nicely as well you know they've brought in they got Melita um, Melita yeah. who she she'll is, back down from nobody I look like her energy and yeah. I her her spark she's just she's so much fun I yeah. I, I just want to see a play but then yeah, you look at seven eights, and you know they they brought back like cat car and everyone. And it's just like this, but then you know, look at Newcastle. <laughs> it's just like there's so many. Like Newcastle brought so in many good players. New, Newcastle at the start of last year, they lost a bunch of players, mm-hmm. um, and they ended up finishing seventh or something, and then ended up nearly winning uh, the playoffs. You know, um, causing all these upsets to the likes of Leicester Riders. Um, and they beat the London Lions in the actual final few weeks, um, but they could. I don't. I don't think they could get it done in the final hurdles. But it was. It was an incredible run. But they've add. So they had a great team right at the end of the season, and they've added so many players to it. They've brought a couple of people back uh, from playing in America, playing college basketball in America, um, and have uh, re-upped some of the, again some of their best players so I think they're going to be a challenge to the Lions but I, I just I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions won everything I, I can't yeah it, it I'm always wary of saying it because obviously you, you never know what, what's going to happen but Lions have got to be have got to be favourites um, you know just purely on paper there you know you, you look at that you know like, oh, how is anyone going to stop that but i know that that's going to fire every single oh god yeah they're going to be up and they are going to be the target and that it's going to pro- it's going to produce some really really great games it's going to have like um I, I don't know how much you follow the men's nba but um you know, it's, it's like Golden State a few years ago. Once they won that 73-9 and nine season uh, and once they won the two back-to-back championships after that, every single time they were fit, they were faced with every team's best uh, best go. Um, okay, so jumping over to the men's side, the MBBL, which, by the way, I think should be part of the marketing now. I think it needs to be WBBL and MBBL. Just... I don't necessarily disagree. 
<laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, we're, we're gonna be working on that. You and me behind the scenes. Um, so uh, we've got the league was won last year by the Riders. Um, Newcastle Eagles won the playoffs in the cup, and the London Lions won the trophy. I mean, the Lions are building back up again, but they've lost Liggins um, from from last year. They've lost one or two other players. Byron Mullins left halfway through the year. Um, Plymouth. Patriot, I nearly said Raiders then, they, Plymouth Patriots, I, I'm not even sure what their full roster looks like yet. They've only released about three players um, that they've brought in and a couple of Brit, uh, good, you know, top Brits in there, which is great to see. Um, and there's a lot of signings still to be done. But are there any are there any teams that you're thinking could challenge the Lions or the Riders? The Riders look, and of course, Newcastle Eagles are always up there do you know what I'm interested to see Cheshire this season okay um I I think they've done some really uh really interesting and savvy recruiting out there um so I'm going to be interested to see them um you know Manchester are making big statements you know they they signed Dan Clark. Um, oh, I completely is, forgot about Dan Clark. Yeah, which was like oh a huge statement yeah. to make. And it was like, yeah. okay, that, 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 that's a bit of intent there. Um, there's, yeah, there's there's a lot where I, I, I think, I think for me, I'm, I'm most interested in seeing what Cheshire do, to be honest. So just outside of my, the, the usual. Uh, suspects. So for um, those listening, uh, they signed a couple of top players. So Teddy Okiriafor, um, who is the GB basketball player. And honestly, in the uh, Eurobasket qualifiers, he was like one of their best players, one of GB basketball's best players um, in, in that stretch. Um, was an absolute iron man. I think he played all the games. Uh, Jules Dangakodo, who has been great um, at home and abroad the past few years. Um, and then you've also got, uh, for, yeah, for, for the Manchester Giants, not only Dan Clark, but you've got Jamal Anderson, who's played a few seasons in Leicester and, uh, went up to, uh, Manchester. Um, but then of course with the Riders, you've got Gino Crandall, um, coming back and he was ridiculous last year he added such absolutely insane brilliance to the team last year i i i I was lucky enough to to spend some time with him and such a such a nice person as well really humble really um yeah just just a, a really great guy but yeah i mean the the way he kind of like burst in i was just like hi i think i think if, <laughs> I was like, oh my if, if if a basketball fan in the UK has seen one highlight of Brit- the British Basketball League, it will have been Gino Crandall from last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. The most exciting passer we've got in the league, uh, possibly. Um, another quick fire before I let you go. I've heard rumours there may be a magazine. The, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the eyebrows mean no comment for those who, who are listening back. I mean, I've, I've always, you know me, you, I've got ideas all over the place. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole, a whole heap of things that I, you know, I want 
uh, I want us to be able to do and some will happen sooner than others. Um, so, yeah, keep your eyes peeled. All right, then. Keep your eyes peeled, Double Clutch listeners and watchers and readers. Um, Selena, that's been absolutely wonderful. We haven't hit some of the usual things that we normally do, but I think having yourself on um, wanted to get as much information out of you as possible because um, the British Basketball League and the, the, the Men's British Basketball League and the Women's British Basketball League last year, despite the fact that, um, you know, you didn't have any fans um, in the arena, um, you know, you launched the BBL player, you got games back on Sky Sports and there was such a... Um, forgive the pun, but buzz um, uh, around the, um, so buzz is the production company that works with the BBL. There was such a buzz around uh, the BBL and the WBBL last year that I think getting fans back, getting bums back in seats, getting fans back watching on all these different platforms. um, Now that, you know, some of the kinks have been worked out, hopefully this season is going to be, uh, you know, one that everybody needs to tune in for. I, I will say, like, having fans back in is going to make such a difference. Um, and, you know, the, the players I speak to, the team owners I speak to, they they literally cannot wait. Like, the, this is sort of like what, what's really, really pushing them. And they're so, they're, they're so hyped, like, just to put on a show for everyone. Um, so, yeah, we'll be, we'll be sharing. Um, all the ways that you can watch and, and follow in, in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks. There's still a few things that, that, that need to be sorted, um, and you know, sharing where you can buy tickets to actually go and go and watch in person because it it is um, it is exciting. It is a you know it's a thing, and it is just to be there again is going to be going to be great. So for just for people's um, reference, most, uh, yeah, basically all of the sort of week to week, day to day games, um, you tend to go to the local team for tickets. That's correct. But Mm -hmm. for the bigger events, um, your cups, your playoffs, your trophies, that sort of thing. um, Will how, how are people getting tickets for those bigger competitions? So tickets are on sale for all of them now. Um, I think we had last one to go on general sale uh, just recently. Um, so if you uh, go to any of your main ticket providers, uh, they uh, they will be there. Or if you go to our website um, and click on tickets, and it will give you all the information you need there. Excellent. And uh, yeah, the, Selena, thank you very much. We didn't, one one of the quick fire questions that I didn't get into is um, your, uh, your genius and your um, uh, sort of brilliance as um, on, on, on the television show Only Connect. <laughs> for, for those that haven't seen Selena, um, Selena's appearance, uh, sort of opposite Victoria Corrin Mitchell and um, essentially showing that she is one of the brains of Britain beyond being um, one of the best comms people in, in British basketball. Um, yeah, um, go go check out that on uh, on BBC iPlayer. I'm sure it's still on there somewhere. I, I, I'm not sure if it's because we're in music. It's all on YouTube if you want to watch it. Season oh, it's 16. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, don't... It was, it, it was hilarious, but uh, yeah, thank you. Very kind of you. 
no problem. Um, Selena, thank you. Uh, Kirk, big shout out to you for producing. And thanks to everybody for tuning in. I saw uh, WBBL Review checking in, as well as uh, Matt from uh, Nets Fans UK. Um, and a, a couple of others dropped in. Mr. Beanie Beans as well there. Um, yeah, really thanks to everybody for tuning in live. And thanks to you if you're listening uh, back afterwards. Um, and uh, please make sure you uh, s- sign up to and um, subscribe to us on Twitch, um, which is uh, twitch.tv forward slash double clutch UK. Um, or make sure you join us in our Discord community, guys, and, and get the conversation going in there as well. Um, it is uh, Discord. Uh, I've lost the link now. God, it was it was going so professionally as well, wasn't it, Selena? Um, <laughs> oh, it's, it's discord.me forward slash double clutch. And make sure you're following us on all social medias at double clutch UK. Selena, thank you once again. Kirk, thanks for producing. And uh, thanks to Matt for chopping up the audio afterwards. But for now, peace.